Blog Talk Radio. One bleeds red and one bleeds blue. Two friends, one heated rival. It's intense. It's no holds barred. It's game time. On Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio with your hosts Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Scott and Mike and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. Good morning, Viet. Oh, wait a minute. Wrong show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a special podcast edition of the Red vs. Blue Lunch Hour Podcast. I'm Scott Atkins, Team Legacy in the World of High Stakes Fantasy Football, and the draft has just begun. I'm going to go ahead and post a link uh, in the chat room here, but the draft has just started. We are underway. The FF Toolbox Playoff Championship Draft. Uh, and that's why you guys are here. So good morning. Hope you guys had a great holiday season. New Year's uh, was a was a blast. We just got off the plane and just landed. I just woke up. Uh, to be honest, uh, I'm, I've got a little jet lag. Uh, I thought it was 7 a.m. that I was waking up, but it was actually 11 a.m. And the family was still in bed. And we just got off the, the plane. It was a five-hour time difference from our uh, family trip. And it's... Uh, it's a little bit of getting used to here, a little bit of adjustments going on, but we're going to do it with you guys, the crew here, the chat room at Red vs. Blue. Billy Waz in the chat room, Rampo, a lot of guests are here as well. Thank you for being here uh, with us on this special lunch hour podcast. Okay, so this draft is all about, uh, well, first of all, it's all about the draft, right? Uh, th- that's why you're playing in this contest. That's why you're even thinking about it or interested in it. We started the season with a draft, and we really think that that's what the most fun, most excitement is all about, is the draft experience. And so we, our team got together, Emil Cadlick, Ian Ritchie, Mark Deming. We, we solicited opinions from a lot of the fantasy players, Mike Santos and several others, uh, to talk about what would, what would be a fun way to close out the season after you start to have those withdrawals, right, after week 16. And we said, you know what, is it possible? Can we get people together for a draft? I mean... Look, let, let's face it, usually there's a lot of operation time. Uh, it, it takes a lot of getting you know, used to and getting ready for your draft. But these drafts, uh, so far, they've taken them on an average about 35 minutes. Our mocks took less than an hour, so we, we, you know, we promoted it. Hey, drafts take less than an hour. They're actually taking about 30 minutes. We had one finish last night. Cindy Crane was, uh, facilitated it, uh, our <laughs> customer service specialist, and it took 29 minutes. Uh, under 30 minutes, so the drafts don't take too long, and this draft is underway. Let me give you a quick rundown of these picks. Tom Brady at one, Arian Foster two, Arian Rodgers three, Peyton Manning four. That's an interesting pick there. Peyton Manning now with the Denver Broncos. Andre Johnson at five. Wow, that's the that's the highest I've seen him go so far in a draft. Demarius Thomas at six. That's high. And then the start of the second round. These are six-man leagues, so we'll talk about that more in a minute. I just want to get you caught up. 2-1, Alfred Morris. What a big week, 6-17 game for him. Ray Rice, Marshawn Lynch, and Greg Jennings. So that's the first 10 picks already, and we're only three minutes in. So, again, uh, just to to give everybody a recap, 
Uh, these are six-man leagues, six-team leagues, not necessarily man. We have some women signed up. Uh, six-team leagues, and you have a 12-man roster. Uh, so you do have to put in a starting lineup every week. That's a requirement, big, big, bold letters. Put in your starting lineup every week. You do have to draft a kicker and a defense, and, and we did that for several important reasons. One, just to make sure that nobody accidentally disqualified themselves, because if you turn off the um, the 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 functionality of enforcing kicker and defense, you're also turning off the the uh, you know the policing of making sure you're submitting a valid lineup. So we thought, look, we don't want players to come in and on their last contest get disqualified. So let's make sure they put in a starting lineup, draft your kicker, draft your defense. And then you'll get two bench spots uh, because we start one quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, one tight end, one kicker, one defense, and one flex spot, either a running back, wide receiver, or tight end. So you have two bench spots. And the interesting part of this whole draft is how do you use those bench spots? 347-324-5404 is the number we stream live on Blog Talk Radio, the Fantasy Sports Channel, FSC.FM. And you can catch us on I- on iTunes. Uh, our podcast is there as well. So lots of different ways you can connect with the show and listen. Uh, we are having a lot of fun with this draft. We are close to a sellout. We have about 200 teams signed up. We have about 50 spots remaining. And, uh, you know, we have until Saturday morning uh, for these drafts to fill. So you have the first game is at 4 or 4.30 on Saturday. And so we have uh, we have Saturday morning drafts. Friday night we'll have a podcast, a special Red versus Blue live pick-by-pick commentary draft. And we we have Thursday night openings, Friday night openings, and Saturday morning. So back to this draft. Uh, again, we, we left off with Greg Jennings at 2-4. And the interesting pick here at 2-5, the 11th pick in the draft, Rob Gronkowski, the Gronk. It was interesting to see that he did go very high the other day at number four. I won't tell you who took him, but he was picked the number four player. And that's one team I want to talk about, the New England Patriots. I'm seeing a lot of Patriots go early in these things. Everybody wants to get a piece of that Belichick-Brady connection. One draft we watched earlier had Tom Brady go, and then, like as previously mentioned, Rob Gronkowski go at four. And then the guy on the turn, who I won't mention who it was, but they took Aaron Hernandez and Wes Welker. So four players were Patriots in that draft. So it really depends on who you get mixed up with here in the draft. Do you do you get in there with a couple of people who think that the Patriots are going to go all the way? If you do, the Patriots are going to go early. With six-team leagues, you just never know who's going to be in that draft. And so the the, the chances of you taking a, a team that you uh, think is, is going to go to the Super Bowl is pretty high because you only have five five uh, opponents and there's 12 playoff teams. So, for example, I'm a big Broncos guy this year. I think the Broncos have a good shot at winning this thing, as do I'm sure a lot of you out there. And if it were me, I'd be looking at a you know, because because I think the Broncos are going to play three games. I think they're going to play and, and, and advance all the way to the Super Bowl and, and probably beat Tom Brady in that game in Denver. Home field advantage. That's uh, that's, that's key, right? So I would if, if it were me, and, and again, I'd love to play in this contest. I can't play in it, obviously, because I'm part of the Fantasy Football World Championship now, full-time fantasy with Ian Ritchie, Emil Cadillac, Cindy Crane, Mark Deming, all the guys. And... If if I could play it, I would probably take some Denver Broncos in my first draft option. You know, in my first team, I'd take Peyton Manning. I'd come back with no Sean Moreno, or I'd probably take Demarius Thomas and cross my fingers that Moreno fell back to me. If he didn't, I'd take Decker. So then I'd have a team of Broncos, and I'm like, okay, well, now once I've got my Broncos, now what do I do? Well, in this contest, you have to submit a lineup every week. 
Now, if you don't have a lot of players going in that opening wild card game, you're going to take a zero or a very small score, and you're going to fall behind. And so I would probably take a team that has bye week players in it, somebody like the Redskins, and I'd probably come back and I'd fire away with an RG3 if he's even there in the fourth round. I have seen that he has been there uh, in a couple of drafts in the fourth round, and I'm like, man, that'd be perfect for me. Give me a wild card guy like RG3 or maybe even a Andrew Luck. Uh, if a Russell Wilson were to make it that far, wow. I mean, an electric player like him, uh, take a wild card team and then load up on that team that, I, that, I'm, that I'm taking a shot at in the wild card round because you can get those wild card round points. And then you come back and you have your bye week team ready to go with points the following week. So that way you never fall too far behind. But you got to think, if, if a teams or if teams do spend a lot of their picks on those wild card teams and they don't advance past that championship round, <laughs> You know, you're going to catch them. Uh, there's going to be teams that are charging past those teams because they don't have anybody left or they have very few options left. They don't have the top elite guys left. They may be coming at you with a Matt Prater or, you know, somebody like a uh, Goskowski or something like that. They don't have those high heavy hitters uh, during the Super Bowl to really uh, power them. And so you're going to catch them when it comes time. So very interesting to see all of these different strategies. That's just one of the many strategies that I've seen go on here, which is taking the taking the bye week players first, grabbing those teams that we think have a really good shot of playing three games, and then, you know what, taking a flyer with some of the dark horses. I did see a guy yesterday, to be honest, I saw a guy take Russell Wilson in the first round, so, you know, was he from Washington? Maybe, okay, but he did take Russell Wilson, He and he's going to go with those hot-handed Seahawks, which, at the end of the day, I mean, isn't Pete Carroll the coach of the year? Uh, just an amazing job that he's done. I do have a uh, a caller from the 303 that looks like they are on the air. Let's see if they are just listening or they want to be a guest on Red versus Blue. 303, you're on the air. 303 caller, can you hear me? Or are you chicken? All right, I'm going to put you back on hold then. We're going to put you back there. That's okay. A lot of people call in the show and they just want to listen. They don't have access to their computer to be able to listen so they call up the show no problem we'll we'll leave you camped out there on the switchboard and i'm going to give everybody an update in the chat room here uh, we have a draft going on we are live with the ff toolbox playoff championship draft we are already in the fifth round guys it's 10 minutes in and we're in the fifth round now are you telling me you can't find 30 minutes out of your time to fill up these final 50 spots i know you can let's move on to the Second round where we left off, Rob Gronkowski was the 2-5 pick. And it's interesting that the 2-5 pick took Arian Foster in the first round, comes back with Rob Gronkowski in the second. <clears throat> Let me run down the rest of the picks. Frank Gore at 12-2-6. At 3-1, the first pick of the third round goes to Eric Decker. So Team 1, who drew the first draft position, got Tom Brady, Frank Gore, and Eric Decker. <clears throat> Interesting uh, wide receiver there in Eric Decker. He can have just as big a day as Demarius Thomas. Teams are paying a premium price for Demarius Thomas right now. He's going around the end of the first, it looks like, or early second if you want to get Demarius Thomas. But Eric Decker, isn't he basically getting the same production these days? Uh, he might not get it in catches or yards, but it seems like he gets it in touchdowns. You know, he's one of Peyton's favorite red zone targets. So interesting to see that Decker is the value play there for the Broncos. And those top three Broncos are gone by the 13th pick of the draft. The 14th pick, Adrian Peterson, MVP. Look, if 
he wins the league, if he wins that game against Green Bay, I mean, you're going to be thanking your lucky stars that you took a chance on Adrian Peterson because he's not going to get out of that game with a, with less than 25 points, right? He's a 25 point guy. I mean, that's how I look at guys like uh, Julio Jones, uh, not not Julio Jones, AJ Green for the Bengals. I mean, look, they're going to play Houston, right? But if that guy has, I mean, he has 30 point upside. And they could win that game, and you have him for two games. You remember the year that Roddy White, you know, scored like 35 in his one playoff game that they had? I think it was against the Packers or the Saints, something like that. These types of guys, these impact guys, I see them being dropping on the draft for other guys that they think are going to play more games. Well, you know, the the, the bottom line is you're not sure if those bye week guys are going to play two games or not. I mean, Baltimore could get beat. Uh, Ray Rice may not win a second game. So while you're taking him uh, with the eighth pick, I mean, granted, he could be MVP. But that's a team that could lose that first-round game. The Colts are a hot team. Chuck Pagano knows the Ravens. It, it could be an interesting game to see Andrew Luck try to take and, and take down the Ravens. Well, you got one game out of your bye week player. But then for those guys who believed in Andrew Luck or the Colts, now you've got them for two games. So you've got a Reggie Wayne uh, or a – Andrew Luck for two games now. Now you've really got your your decision cut out for you, especially if you have two quarterbacks. Uh, who do you start there? So interesting to see the strategies. I just kind of I'm a big fan of AJ Green, and so to see him fall right here to the third pick in the fourth round, AJ Green, he's got to be he's got to be like extremely fortunate here because he has a guy that can that can post you 30 in that one game, and then could also move on and be a, a get a second game out of him. So. Really good pick there uh, at 4-3, I think, for A.J. Green, the 21st player selected. Uh, okay, we left off at Adrian Peterson at 14. At 15, Wes Welker. At 16, Torrey Smith. At 17, Julio Jones. Julio Jones for the Atlanta Falcons. And a bye week player at that. You're getting Julio Jones in the set at the 17th pick, your third pick, and he's and he might be the number one wide receiver uh, at the end of this uh, when this whole thing is over because Atlanta has a great shot of playing all three games. No Sean Moreno finally at 3 6, the end of the third round. No Sean Moreno goes, and there he is at 4 1 RG3. RG3 goes to the 4 1 pick, which is the sixth pick in the draft. Okay, uh, by the way, people have asked me about draft slots. When do you get your draft slot? We have randomized all of the leagues, so once you get entry into your league, and it puts you into, and my fantasy league does a great job, they put you and they slot you into your league, that is your draft slot. No waiting around, no guessing. As soon as you sign up, bam, draft slot immediately and instantly, you know where you're going to be drafting from, so you can start to strategize and start to figure out what type of team you want. To be honest with you, I don't know how how to strategize at this point. I can just kind of make my gut feel of who's going to be there, but look. This is the first time for a lot of us, especially in the high-stakes world. I don't remember any contest offering draft leagues for the high-stakes community in the past. And so this is a first for us. And so we're really excited that everybody has kind of embraced this thing. And three packs are flying off the shelves. We've seen people take six. Uh, We even had a guy, one of the more popular, uh, well-known guys, take 12. Uh, You know, uh, so you – and you do get the discount for the three teams, you know, 25 bucks. It just, you know, kind of helps – give you an incentive to take that third team. And the reason why we thought three made a lot of sense is because if you win your team of league of six, if you win your league and you score the most points in that six team league, you're getting 600 bucks. You're tripling up your money. And I'll talk about that here in a second too, but you have 
it, so that's why people are taking these three packs because they feel like, look, all I got to do is win one of my three leagues and I get my money back. And I'm plus I'm also up 25 bucks. So all I got to do is win one of my leagues of six and I'm, I'm breaking even. Plus I've got a shot at winning the grand prize of $10,000 or any of the other uh, top grand prizes that are out there. So we're, we're giving away over $40,000 in prizes in this contest for our first, first year. Stepped out on a limb and you guys responded. Uh, so now we're just excited to hopefully fill this thing up. About 50 spots remain in the FF Toolbox Fantasy Playoff Championship. Okay, so RG3 was the 4-1. Matt Ryan lasted till the 4-2 pick. Are you kidding me? I look at this guy. He's the number four player on the board. If it were me, I'm taking Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and then Matt Ryan. He would be the fourth guy off the board. He is the fifth quarterback in this draft taken. RG3 was taken before Matt Ryan. Now, let that, let's talk about that. Why was that done? When I look at that team, that six pick, he, did he take a quarterback at six? No, he did not. At seven? No, he did not. He passed up on Matt Ryan for RG3. Look, I get it. Matt Ryan and the and the, and the uh, Falcons, they lost to Tampa Bay. Uh, they were It looked like they were trying to win the game. They played all their starters. So, you know, there's a good shot here that RG3 gets that wild card game under his belt. You're, you're pretty sure that Washington's going to win that game, right? I mean, it's at home. Seattle's not the same team on the road as they are at home. So you you feel like you're getting two games out of RG3 guaranteed. I'm not so sure you can say that about I'm not so I'm not so sure you can say that about Matt Ryan. You just don't know if they're going to be able to win that game. They always fall short in their expectations uh when it comes time to the playoffs. And so is this year going to be any different? It sure looks it's, it seems so. I, it seems so. Say that five times fast. Uh they, they're just not a team that has done well in the playoffs conventionally and uh, and historically, and this is the year that they're supposed to. Uh, and they've looked really good against good teams. So if there was going to be any year that they do well, you would think it would be this year. But that one, it, it has to tug at you a little bit that this is the year that Atlanta is going to you know make that move. And they've got the weapons. They've got Julio on the outside. And, and, and honestly, I've had people ask me, well, who would you take here, Julio or Roddy? I don't know. <laughs> Good guess. Good luck. I don't know. Uh, they're about the same guy in production. They're, they probably finished out the year probably right beside each other. It seemed like I always saw them. They were right there. Uh, I don't know. At the end of the day, I guess I would take Julio Jones just because, you know, Roddy's always been the guy that they go to but and, and to move the chains. And he's always been his, you know, his fallback pillow. And, and now they've got Gonzalez that's that's been you know excellent as well. But you, you think that Julio is probably going to draw the – the least amount of coverage, right? You would think that Roddy's going to be doubled. I don't know. Anybody that watches the Falcons tell me if I'm wrong. I, d- does Roddy still draw the number one cornerback? I, w- I think so. So, <clears throat> I don't know. Uh, at the end of the day, I can. it makes sense to me why somebody would take RG3 over Matt Ryan. Could I do it? I don't think so. I, I, I think Matt Ryan gives you just as much potential, especially going to the Super Bowl. Can RG3 really make the Super Bowl? He looked really gimpy in that game, and it was all Alfred Morris. Alfred Morris is the reason why the Redskins are in the playoffs, period. Uh, it was not RG3. RG3, he had a good day, and he had that touchdown run. Uh, but the Cowboys blanketed the wide receivers. He kind of took Garcon out of the game. Santana Moss, who's usually the Cowboy killer, he didn't get it done uh, like we thought. And so at the end of the day, Alfred Morris, the monster performance there, is the reason why they controlled the game. They controlled the clock. They kept Romo off the field. 
and did what they needed to do and punched it in when they needed to punch it in. And, and wow, what a player Alfred Morris is. Uh, and he has turned out to be very interesting to see where he'll be drafted. He'll be one of those undervalued guys in drafts, I suspect, next year. So, okay, let's get an update on the draft. By the way, we are 19 minutes into the draft. And let me just hit a little refresh of the page here on myfantasyleague.com. We are already 46 picks in. We are already two-thirds of the way done. Seven rounds completed. We are at the 8-5 pick <laughs> in 19 minutes. This draft is going to take 25 minutes. By the way, Emil Cadillac, our commissioner, uh, is also facilitating this draft. Wonderful job here so far, Emil. It went flawlessly. Uh, Emil Cadillac, our commissioner of the Fantasy Football World Championship. Uh, I am going to plug the World Championship real quick. $200,000 awarded to Matt Bailey. Uh, very happy for Matt, his wife, his family to finally win the big one after playing all these years. In all of these contests, Matt plays them all. Everywhere. You've all seen Matt Bailey's name up there in the leaderboards from payday to hey, the old AFFL days to NFFC, FFBC, FFWC now. He has always been up there, and to see him finally win one of the big ones, very happy for him. Uh, it's, it's exciting to see one of the guys that has been here from the beginning win the $200,000 grand prize. And we will see Matt uh, in Las Vegas at the Super Bowl weekend, Super Bowl Sunday, where he will be awarded the check. Uh, airfare and hotels provided as well for Matt and a guest. I'm sure he's going to take his wife. Uh, I would hope uh, that we can both see them both together with the big check. $200,000 uh, is a big deal. And I'll bet you that she doesn't have a problem with him playing high-stakes fantasy football anymore after he did uh, the cashing. He was one of the original board members of the Fantasy Players Association, if you didn't know it. Great guy. He's the guy that always put in the most detail and got me motivated. He He would always keep me motivated because when I get off the phone with him, he'd say, Man, I just got this draft. Look, I, I put these guys, I wanted to make sure they did what they said they were going to do. I was in the middle of a draft, and look, I called up their customer service number just to make sure that they would answer the phone, and they answered it on two rings. You know, uh, they would. All, he would always tell me the little details, the minutiae about the contest uh, on, and how they did uh, and how they performed. And so we can get those reviews going and, and give people feedback when they'd call us up and they'd say, or they'd shoot us an email, hey, have you heard about this contest? Do you know about this one? Uh, we would always be able to answer those questions with a little layer of detail. So uh, it's always uh, Matt is a guy that's always been a volunteer advocate for the FPA, an unpaid position. We don't get paid uh, to do that at the FPA. It's a lookout. It's watchdog. It's making sure that the the players get paid what they are due and what they're owed uh, if they decide to enter these great contests. Thankfully, we have a lot of good options right now in the industry. I don't think the high stakes industry has been in this good a shape in a long, long time. And the players now have choices. They have options, and you can play in different formats that provide different twists and different challenges uh, that give you the best opportunity to win. In your opinion, which contest gives you the best opportunity to win? Some of these contests are designed to kind of keep the competition around, you know, and keep them hanging around so that you can never really shake them off. Other contests are, uh, allow the better players to spread themselves and distance themselves out. I think that's why some of the pros are always advocates for the total points leagues. They want to see the, you know, they want their performance rewarded. And they're like, man, give me a total points league and I'll blow them away. And we all know that in the national contest, total points don't work very well. You you don't want just a total points challenge. It's kind of boring. You need the head-to-head -head element. Uh, but this playoff draft is, uh, is, a, is a thing of mystery right now, I think, for the high-stakes guys. There are only two rounds left in this draft. 
And then we're going to talk about team construction here. So I'm going to go right through because we are already down into the 10th round. People are starting to take kickers. And so we're going to go to the roster breakdowns and start to look at how teams constructed their teams and, and check it out a little bit. So I'm going to go to the grid format. And it's pretty cool how they put this together. So you have the grid format. And we can take a look at the first team. So let's take a look at what the first team did. Tom Brady as the one pick. I don't think there's a lot of argument about that. I think teams are, are seeing that the Patriots, Belichick, and Brady have all the potential in the world uh, to, you know, win it all and go a couple of games. And, uh, you know, every year it's the same. They're always in the hunt. Uh, he took his second quarterback in the eighth round, Andy Dalton. There's that strategy. So he's taking a quarterback that has a bye, and he's taking a bye week team or a, a wild card team and saying, you know what, maybe I can get uh, strike gold here and get an Andy Dalton to have a big game in the wild card round. But he's got Brady. So he's banking on Brady winning it all. He's hoping that's what happens. But let's take a look at the rest of the team. Frank Gore, Eric Decker, Reggie Wayne. So let's look at Frank Gore and Eric Decker. He's got two extra bye week players. So he's kind of spread out here. He has Brady, the best player on the Patriots. More than likely, he's going to be the highest scoring Patriot, unless Gronkowski has a monster game, which he's done before. Frank Gore... Arguably the best player on San Francisco. Some could say it's now Colin Kaepernick because he does have the wheels and uh, Gore's not the same as he was. But in the playoffs, you're getting Frank Gore and they're going to have to you know, lean on the guy. So maybe the best player there. Eric Decker, one of the best players in Denver. He's got, one of, he's got a piece of that Denver pie. At the 4-5, he takes Reggie Wayne and Jordy Nelson. Amazing to see Jordy Nelson last into the fifth round when a guy who is, you know... Uh, you know, he's been a little gimpy, he's been a little injured, but he's always been one of, you know, Rodgers' top targets. So to see him fall to the fifth round on a team like the Packers, a little surprising for me. Then we get to his sixth-round pick, Ben Jarvis Green-Ellis. Ah, there you go. So he's got two Bengals now in the buy, in the wildcard round. So his first week, he'll have Reggie Wayne, Ben Jarvis Green-Ellis, and Andy Dalton starting. Uh, he's got uh, Tony Gonzalez, that's a buy team. Goskowski, the kicker for the Patriots, a buy. Uh, Sidney Rice. Oh, there you go. T.Y. Hilton. He just took T.Y. Hilton and Sidney Rice back-to-back, -back, so here you go. Pretty neat. In his wild-card round, he's going to be starting Reggie Wayne, Ben Jarvis Green-Ellis, Andy Dalton, Sidney Rice, and T.Y. Hilton. So, look, he's going to get a lot of points in that wild-card round. Whether or not they make it uh, past that second round or that first round, not a big deal because he has plenty of guys in the, in the bye week teams to keep him going with Brady, Gore, Decker, uh, Jordy, uh, Tony Gonzalez. You're going to have a good team, Stephen Gonkowski. I like that strategy for the first pick here. With the second pick, let's take a look at the second pick's uh, strategy here. Let's see if anything stands out. He went Arian Foster, Rob Gronkowski, Adrian Peterson, Russell Wilson, Roddy White, James Jones, Golden Tate, Brandon Lloyd, Joe Flacco, and Seahawks D. Okay. The surface level, he took some stud running backs, Arian Foster and Adrian Peterson. Like I said, you already know how I feel about Adrian Peterson. If they win that game against the Packers, and there's a good chance that they defy the Vegas odd makers, and then they win that game. Uh, they cannot stop the run. They cannot stop Adrian Peterson. They proved it. Uh, they just dominate that line of scrimmage. And where are these games won? Look, it's not winning, you know, throwing to your wide receivers. Uh, it's won by dominating the line of scrimmage. And you have to be able to do that. And Minnesota dominates the Green Bay Packers defensive line. Uh, they have uh, rolled them pretty much this year. 
and the last and, and last year they did well too. So it's going to be interesting to see if they can keep that up. Adrian Peterson and Arian Foster, a couple of stud running backs. He waits on his quarterback and takes Russell Wilson. But it's interesting in the ninth round he backs him up with Joe Flacco, a steal in ninth round. Joe Flacco, who uh, you know everybody, I, I know a guy that started Eli Manning over Joe Flacco. That's Rich McClellan, a code cracker. And I can't say that many of the experts or so-called pros told him to start Flacco over Eli because they didn't. He had $200,000 on the line in the FFPC, and, and they did not uh, give him you know good advice. Sometimes these players uh, just defy the odds a little bit, and Flacco had a big Week 16 game, and Eli tanked. That game was just a, a sham for Eli Manning and all the Giants, and it cost them their playoff chance. So, Joe Flacco in the ninth round, a bi-week quarterback matched up right with a wild-card round quarterback in Russell Wilson. Now you have something going because it, let's say Russell Wilson wins that first game against the Redskins and they move on. Well, who do you, if you're Team 2, put in your lineup? You have to start a lineup every week. Don't forget, you have to start your lineup every week. It's not going to take the best players available. It's gonna You have to submit your lineup. So in this decision, Russell Wilson, Joe Flacco – you got to go Russell Wilson and, and see if he can take you all the way to the house, you know, take you all the way to the money. And if he doesn't, if he falls, you hope that Joe Flacco wins his game, which he should, and then advance, and then you have a starting quarterback in the third week as well. Uh, if you don't have, if you're this guy with Russell Wilson and Joe Flacco and you don't make the Super Bowl with either of those teams, what do you do? Here's what you do. You have to submit a quarterback in your lineup every week. Otherwise, it won't take. So you will submit one of your quarterbacks here. Either one, doesn't matter. They're both, let's say, eliminated. And then you submit your other guys. So you're going to submit a full starting lineup every week, regardless if those players are on buy or not. Just submit your lineup, and that way the system will take a valid lineup. Uh, that way we don't have players disqualifying themselves uh, in the event they accidentally start four running backs or they start five wide receivers. You know, We didn't want them to disqualify themselves on the last you know, contest of the year. Uh, so that's why we did it. Uh, it was it was to look out for the players to make sure in their best interest that they uh, do put in a good lineup uh, just in case. Three four seven three two four five four zero four is the number. We are just waking up here at Red versus Blue live in Indianapolis, uh, back from a long, long plane ride home. We are happy to be home. We get home to 12 inches of snow, and thankfully the neighbor, Greg Platts, he shoveled our driveway. Thank you, Greg. He watched our pets. Oh, you big time, brother. We were able to pull in uh, and get home, uh, and the kids got some good sleep, and so did Aaron. So we're very, very happy to be home. And thanks. Uh, we had a great time with the Ritchie family uh, out there uh, in Maui, their second home. Uh, just great time getting to uh, spend some time with them and out on the beach and in the ocean. It was a uh, it was a good break. But to be honest with you, I didn't take one day off. Uh, we worked every single day on the island, every day. And and look, I'll tell you this right now: there's no better place to work in than than Maui on the planet, bar none. You could be doing anything. I don't care if you're selling timeshares, if you're selling resorts, if you're selling coconuts on the beach. Uh, it doesn't matter. You're having a great day when you're in Maui, regardless. I don't know. I don't care how many hours you put in. You do it with a view of the beach. You do it with the waves crashing in. You're uh, you're gonna be. You're going to be fine, so not a not a bad deal, and we were happy to work and keep this contest rolling and answer the emails and the player phone calls. We were happy to do that. This draft is completed. Uh, how many minutes? Total total draft time here. Let's go back to the draft. This draft is over, and it took 
30 minutes. Emil, you almost broke the record. Cindy's record, 29 minutes. This one took right at 30 minutes, 2 seconds. <laughs> 30 minutes, guys. Every single drafter, kudos to you. Congratulations. You guys rocked this draft. Everybody took less than a minute. Nobody went over. Uh, very good job for the teams. The teams are completed, and we are looking at Team 2. Again, we talked about the Flacco and Russell Wilson connection here. The interesting part is one of these six teams is going to win 600 bucks. 600 bucks. You're going to triple up your money. You put 200 in, you've got a shot at the 10,000 and the other grand prizes. But you, one of these teams is going to win 600 bucks and triple up their money. And we thought, look, let's put 50% of the money back into of the prize pool back into the individual league. We don't want you to go home empty-handed. We want every league to experience a nice victory here. 200 to 600, nice job, nice job. You can just uh, you can do a lot with that. Buy one of these brand new uh, flat screens that you didn't get for Christmas when that you thought you were getting. Uh, 600 bucks will buy a nice one of those uh, for your office or your garage or whatever, uh, whatever you, wherever you want to put it. But uh, yeah, turn it into that, and you'll always remember this draft here at FF Toolbox, uh, the playoff championship draft. Russell Wilson and Joe Flacco were the quarterback options for Team Two, uh, and he finished up with a couple of interesting picks. Seahawks D dominant has been for a while, and against the Redskins, look, they can do it again. Matt Prater. His is kicker, and then Vic Ballard. What a 12th round pick. Vic Ballard, uh, the starting running back for the Colts, and if they win that game, he's going to play two games. Chances are he doesn't. He's one of the least popular running backs, but I like the guy. Uh, it's going to be Andrew Luck winning that game, let's face it. If if uh, if they're able to get past uh, the Ravens and, and win that game, uh, it, it's going to take everything they've got uh, from Andrew Luck to win that game. But it's a team there. It's Chuck Pagano. They're doing it for Chuck. And I don't know, did you guys watch Week 17? Did you, guys, did you guys get to see that game with Arian Foster when he bust through the middle and he scored that touchdown? What an honorable thing to do when he, you know, took a, he, he he patted the banner there, the, the Chuck Strong banner, two or three times, and then gave the bow. I, I just thought that was a very classy thing to do for Arian Foster, and he got points in my book for doing that. And he's the number two pick in this draft here. So Arian Foster, a team that's been on the decline, a player that's been on the decline, Hasn't been uh, used and utilized as much as we had thought. But they kind of went on coast mode, I think. I think that's the problem. Can that team, the Texans, go on coast mode like that and just coast their way into the playoffs? I'm not so sure. They have a lot of veterans, and they have one of the best defenses in the league. Uh, Matt Schaub was not in that game last year against the Bengals. It was, who was it? Yates, right? Wasn't that his name, Yates? Somebody somebody help me. T.J. Yates? Yeah. I think it was T.J. <laughs> They did not have Matt Schaub. And so this Matt Schaub-Andre Johnson connection is going to be interesting to see if it works out. And Andre Johnson was the fifth pick in this draft. So there were a couple of Texan fans in here. Let's look at the three team and look at the strategy that they went through. You ready for this? Aaron Rodgers, Greg Jennings, Wes Welker, Aaron Hernandez. Stop. Let's stop right there. His first four picks, two Packers, two Patriots. If it's a Packers-Patriots Super Bowl, you don't think this guy's going to win? Rodgers, Jennings, Welker, Hernandez. If I'm if I'm playing in this contest and I think the Packers and the Patriots are going to the Super Bowl, I feel like I just did jackpot with this team. I stop right here, you know. I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. Now let's take a look at the rest of the team. Randall Cobb. <laughs> he's got three Packers. So he, he he's he's making his bed. Okay, he's making his bed with the Packers in the Patriots Super Bowl. He's got three Packers, two 
Patriots. Oh, <laughs> look at this. Steven Ridley, Danny Woodhead, next two picks. Bam. All right. So through seven picks, he has all Packers, all Patriots. I like it. I like it. This is the type of team that's going to win this thing if the Packers and the Patriots meet in the Super Bowl. Because look at this lineup. He's going to be starting Ridley. Well, first of all, he's going to start Aaron Rodgers. At running back, he's going to start Ridley and Woodhead. Oh, by the way, his 12th pick was Ryan Grant. So he might have a decision. So he's got Ridley, Woodhead, Grant, Greg Jennings, Wes Welker, Randall Cobb. Tight end, Aaron Hernandez. So his flex would be Ryan Grant. Uh, Packers D, Crosby. There you go. That's what he's doing. He's saying Packers, Patriots, all the way to the Super Bowl. He's filled up his lineup with Packers and Patriots. I like it a lot. He executed it just, you know, as good as you could. He took every Packer and Patriot that was possible there. He took the best one on the board each time, and he just he went for it. Now, what's he going to do week one? Not much, because his first seven picks are all Packers or Patriots. With his eighth pick, he selected Dennis Pitta. Take a sip of coffee here. I'm still waking up. Three four seven three two four five four zero four. Anybody else want to do some talking here? Call me up. We can talk about this draft. <clears throat> Dennis Pitta was taken. Uh, Andrew Hawkins was taken in the eleventh. Okay, so there you go. Uh, this guy, Team Three, which will remain, will which will shall remain uh, unnamed here on Red versus Blue. In case you're listening to the chat room and you're drafting against this guy later. Dennis Pitta and Andrew Hawkins were his two picks. I like this strategy a lot. I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot this guy an email. I know him uh, very well. He's uh, I, I watch his drafts a lot. This is an excellent strategy. Dennis Pitta and Andrew Hawkins are his two players. He just took a couple of a uh, couple of guys that he said you know what can have some big games and have a chance to play a couple games. Look, the Bengals can win that game. The Bengals can win that game. Are they gonna win the game? I'm not so sure. I'm gonna be making my predictions. On the Friday night web, uh, episode of Red vs. Blue, where we're going to do this again. We're going to have another special podcast edition of Red vs. Blue. It's going to go for two hours. It's going to start at 10 o'clock. We're going to have several drafts we're watching because 10 o'clock is a very popular time for Friday night drafts. Our show starts at 10 o'clock Eastern. Bookmark Red vs. Blue for then. Make sure you click the like button or the favorite button, whatever they call it on Blog Talk Radio, so you can get an email notification when our show gets ready to start, because sometimes we change the show times around, and you you, you never know when we're going to do it. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, if that if that strategy works out. Uh, Packers and Patriots, very exciting. Oh, oh, by the way, yeah, Packers are not a bye week team. I don't know why I got that wired. I didn't get enough sleep last night. Packers are a week one team. Thank you, saw in the chat room. Packers are a week one team playing against the Vikings. So that's a strong lineup for week one. You start all those Packers along with a couple of other guys. You've got the Packers advancing. You've got the Patriots there as well uh, in the bye week. So apologies for the error of my thinking here. Probably the entire show I've been thinking Packers were a bye week team. <laughs> you got to give those Niners some credit for uh, for the season that they had. Um, and you have to give the Seahawks some credit, uh, you know, for knocking the Packers out of that, uh, that bye week, you know, with that catch. Boy, wouldn't that be some game to see? A rematch of that, if that were to happen, that would be uh, that would take a lot of work by both teams to make happen. But wow, that would be so interesting to see those two teams go at it one more time and settle the score. Was it a catch? 
Wasn't it a catch? Is Pete Carroll the devil? <laughs> I know that's what the Packer fans are thinking. Let's move on to Team 4. Apologies about that. Yeah, great strategy. I love the Packers-Patriots. Just load up. Load up on the two teams that you have. And that's one of the strategies that I've always done in years past with these playoff challenges. I, I lay out every team. Here's how far they're going to go. I put me a, I print me up a bracket, and I lay out my teams, and I say, here's who I think is going to win each game. Then I count up those games, and I say, okay, I've got three games for the Packers, three games for the Broncos, only two for this team. And then I start to say, okay, these are the guys that I like the most. Uh, that's kind of how you lay out these playoff contests because it's a little different. You don't know how many games they're going to play. So you got to predict that part. If you can predict that part first, it makes the draft part a whole lot easier. It's like a two-step process. You predict your playoffs, you come over here to the draft board, and then you uh, you draft your team. But thank you, Saul11671 in the chat room. That's why the chat room is here. Correct me for my mistakes. Not a lot of sleep last night. Take another sip of coffee. We'll try to remember who's in the playoffs this year. Number four, team four, Peyton Manning is the first pick. That's my guy. I think he's gonna I think he's gonna take it to the house this year. It's just an incredible year for Peyton, Elway, the Broncos, the entire organization, John Fox. Uh not a good year for Tim Tebow, unfortunately. Uh <clears throat> after the how the Jets screwed him over. Guess he's not uh I don't know if you guys heard that joke yet. They ask if he's still a you know, are you are you still a virgin? Tim, and he says, well, I don't know. Do you count getting screwed over by the Jets? But I'm ashamed. Where's Mike when you need him? Uh, okay, look, uh, the draft, the fourth pick here. Peyton Manning, Marshawn Lynch, Torrey Smith, A.J. Green in the fourth round. Love it. Michael Crabtree, Colin Kaepernick. Let's stop right there. What has he done through through five picks? Through five picks. Looks like he's just taking best player available. Peyton Manning, Marshawn Lynch, Torrey Smith. Well, no, no, no. I'm, let me let's take that back. You can't say Torrey Smith is a better player than AJ Green. He took Torrey Smith because he feels like Baltimore is going to win that by that that first game. He's going to win that first game against uh, the Colts. So you're getting at least two games out of Torrey Smith. He obviously feels that he's only getting one game out of AJ Green. Otherwise, you take AJ Green. He thinks the odds of Baltimore going to are much greater than A.J. Green going to. I totally agree with you. Totally agree with you. So taking Marshawn Lynch there, beast mode. By the way, Marshawn Lynch went pick number one in a draft last night. Pick number one. If you think the Seahawks are going to win, or if you just want to say, you know what, I'm going to buy several teams. With team one, I'm going to put the Broncos. I'm going to try to draft as many Broncos. Team two, I'm going to put... My Seahawks in there because I really think the Seahawks are the hot team and the story of the NFL. And you're probably right. You know they are the story this year. Uh, what a, what a team they they've looked like scoring 40 and 50 points a week, beating the Niners up. Uh, and then my third team. You know what? I'm just going to take best player available. See how that goes. Try three different strategies. See which one works. And then we're going to learn a lot about these draft strategies after we start to analyze who the top scoring teams are in the draft. We're going to start to figure this out and we'll, we'll know better for next year. But you guys are the pioneers. You guys, the, the pioneer in this effort, supporting this effort, and we're going to learn a lot. Now, many of you may have already played some of these contests before, and you can tell us, you know, what works. I've never played at these draft-type contests. You know, we always did the pick em style because they just seemed easy. Hey, pick, let me pick a team. I'll submit it. But at the end of the day, you know, it just seemed like a runaway. It always seemed like a runaway. It seemed like I was playing against my same team that I had and, you know, the exact same team. Uh, except for the kicker. So after the wild card round was over, if his kicker outscored my kicker, it's over. It was over. I didn't. Ha I didn't. I didn't even have a chance to win the grand prize because it's already done. 
And if you didn't have a big first game, it was over. And I just didn't, I don't know. I, I still like the con, those contests. I was still playing them. But I just didn't feel like I was in pretty much uh, in a lot of control, especially, you know, a thousand teams, you know. I think if we ever wanted to grow this contest, we'd probably separate it into separate prize pools. You know, we'll just do a couple of these. 250-team 10K contest. And that way it never gets out of hand. If it ever grows to 500 or 1,000 teams, there will be several grand prizes there for everybody to take advantage of. And to uh, the 50% going back, Ian and Emil and myself, I think we all kind of agreed. 600 bucks back, to, and Mike Santos too. 600 bucks back to the league winner makes a lot of sense. Let's put that prize money back into the pool where you could affect change. You can affect your five opponents here. You can't really affect the other guys that are playing. You have no effect. You're just competing against them. You're hoping you did a better job. But let's put 50% back into the league. And I think we're the first contest to do that. I'm pretty happy about that that decision. 600 bucks goes back to the league, uh, and you and you win it uh, if you can outscore these other five. So let's go back here. Peyton Manning, Marshawn Lynch, Torrey Smith, 15 minutes left in the program. A.J. Green, Michael Crabtree, Colin Kaepernick. Ooh, I like that. Five, six. Michael Crabtree, Colin Kaepernick. Is Crabtree finally turning the corner? What a – he's been pretty impressive. Very quiet. No stories. No rumors about him getting into arguments. Nothing like that. He's just been a, been a quiet performer here, and he's been somebody pretty reliable. Crabtree, Kaepernick. Five, six turn. Ronnie Hillman, Doug Baldwin. Doug Baldwin. Wow. Okay. Doug Baldwin in the eighth round. That's probably the earliest I've seen him go, but he's got Marshawn Lynch up there in the second, so he obviously feels good about the Seahawks. Then he goes Broncos D, Jock Quiz Rogers, 10th round. Definitely a PPR machine there. Vernon Davis. You know, I've seen some drafts. Vernon Davis not even drafted. Has he went to fantasy irrelevance? What's happened to this guy? What happened? Did, wasn't this just the same guy that caught the catch in the playoffs and had a Terrell Owens moment? I'm a little stunned. I'm a little stunned by the fall from grace for Vernon Davis. This guy is the ultimate athlete. We knew he had some issues. We knew he had some prima donna type of issues, maybe some complex, you know, uh, issues that we're not capable of solving. But with a head coach like they have, can't you use Vernon Davis more than what you're using him for? I mean, they're winning games. They're a bi-week team. Is he just being a team player and taking a back seat? And there's a discussion that went on, maybe that we don't know about. And they said, look, let's put the team first. I'll do whatever it takes. I'll block. I'll run down. But is he running routes and wanting the ball? I haven't heard him complain. But he's basically ineffective and out of these games, he's not even involved. 347-324-5404 is the number. We've got about 10 minutes left. 14 minutes in this uh, in the program. David Akers finishes up Team 4. So what's the strategy here? Best player, uh, it looks like he's predicting who's going to play the most games. Uh, A.J. Green, I love that pick. I just think that's a very good pick in the fourth round. If it were me, I would be all over A.J. Green. And if I could get him in the fourth, I'd, I'd love it. But but look, there's other options there. Aaron Hernandez went right after. Russell Wilson, Reggie Wayne, Jordy Nelson, Roddy White. I mean, Randall Cobb, those are great options. I just think A.J. Green kind of stands above. I, I have him as a top five wide receiver, obviously, going into next year. The top five is not is not easy to break into, though. The top five is not easy to break into. Who's your top five wide receivers? It's got to start with Calvin Johnson. But there is an argument to be made for Des Bryant, 
Demarius Thomas, A.J. Green, Julio Jones. Those are all guys in the discussion. Plus, if you have a healthy Greg Jennings back, Roddy White's been still Roddy White. I mean, these are guys that are still performers. Uh, they're not going anywhere anytime soon. Team five starts off with Andre Johnson, Ray Rice, Julio Jones. Julio Jones at 3-5. That's a lot of value, it seems like. Matt Ryan, Michael Turner. Okay, there's three Falcons in a row. Then Jermichael Finley, Matt Schaub, Owen Daniels, Dewan Harris, sleeper running back for the Packers, Anquan Bolden, Houston Texans, Matt Bryant. There's the team, Team 5. Huh, what stands out there? Well, Andre Johnson and Ray Rice, good combo. You can always count on those guys to have big games, even if they do lose the game, right? They're going to be solid. So nothing wrong with that. But to get Julio Jones, Matt Ryan, and Michael Turner with the next three picks, I almost feel like I'm making my bed with Atlanta at that point. I almost would have probably unloaded a couple more picks with him. Maybe he's trying to hedge a little bit and trying to protect himself just in case they don't win at all because he does get Finley. He goes Schaub and Owen Daniels. So he's trying to, you know, get a little bit of protection going there. Schaub and Owen Daniels, uh, they are a wild card team, not a bye week team. So Schaub and Owen Daniels along with Andre Johnson. He's getting three games out of the Texans. He likes that. Uh, I mean, three players. Oh, plus the Texans defense. Plus the Texans. So he's got four Texans going in that first round. I like it. You know, let's face it, they're they're predicted to beat the Bengals. So if you get you're getting two games at least, and maybe a Super Bowl performance out of your Texans. And he'll have Andre Johnson, Matt Schaub, Owen Daniels, and the Texans. I like it. I like it. Team five, great job. Great job. Plus, he's got some really good players in the Falcons. Okay, so back to the Team 3, who went Packers and Patriots. This team just went Texans and Falcons. Texans, Falcons, Super Bowl. Here's your winner of this league right here. Texans, Falcons, Super Bowl. There's no way you're going to stop Andre Johnson, Julio Jones, Matt Ryan, Michael Turner, Matt Schaub, Owen Daniels, and the Texans D, and Matt Bryant for a kicker. There you go. Texans, Falcons, your winner, Team 5. Team six, Demarius Thomas, Alfred Morris. Three quarterbacks were taken in the first round. He says, you know what? I'm not going to take a quarterback. I'm not going to chase you guys. I'm going to take two other players. I'm going to take two positional players. I'm going to wait on my quarterback. I'm not going to chase you guys. You guys got the better quarterback, touche. I'm going to take a couple guys that I think are going to play and go far. So he goes Demarius Thomas and Alfred Morris. And again, Redskins at home, I think they're going to win that game. I love Seattle. Oh, I love Seattle. But if if I had to bet right now, you said, Scott, you know what? Hey, 10000 or or 100 bucks, anything. If I'm going to put any money on the line, I'm taking the Redskins and RG3 at home. Seattle's not the same team on the road. We all know that. Redskins at home, I think I take the skins. Does anybody disagree? Does anybody have Seahawks winning that game outright at on the road? Russell Wilson against RG, two rookie quarterbacks. Will Beast Mode show up? The Redskins D, look, they won that game without RG3. They proved they were more than just RG3. So I'm not convinced that the Redskins, even without a 100% RG3, can still not, you know, they can, they can still win that game. 
And and I, I haven't even checked. Maybe somebody in the chat room can tell me. Are they, are they favored? I'm sure they're favored by three. That that'd be my guess. That'd be my guess. You, as a home team, you get you get you get the three points. You get the three point spot. Demarius Thomas, Alfred Morris, no Sean Moreno. He gets a starting running back on the Broncos, uh, and he's got two Broncos now. Uh oh. Here he goes. RG3, Pierre Garcon, Jacob Tammy, Redskins D, Josh Morgan, Kai Forbath, Santana Moss, Brandon Stokely, and Logan Paulson. All right, there you go. Twelve players drafted. Twelve players drafted. Only two NFL teams selected. The Denver Broncos and the Washington Redskins. Perfect execution by Team Six. Thank you, Saw11671. Hawks favored by two and a half. Holy cow. The Hawks are favored in that game? Really? Vegas? Do you really know what you're doing? Is the NFC West that much better than the NFC East? NFC East beat each other up all year. You could not distance yourself from the NFC East. They beat each other up all year. Now, I'm not saying I... Where did this NFC West come from? The Rams, the Cardinals, still the Cardinals. They started off strong. They won like five straight. But the Rams went almost undefeated in the division until the last game. The Seahawks, 11-5, and five, just have looked dominant. That's it. They're the, they're, the, they're the hotter team. Over under 46 in that game at 430 on Sunday. That's going to be our last game of the weekend. That will be a good one. RG3 against Russell Wilson, Sunday night, 4.30. Ian, that's 11.30 Maui time, buddy. You got to be up for that game. You got to be up for that game. Seattle and Washington. The sixth team there took uh, – he did a flawless execution here. Kudos to him. I'm going to break out the clap meter here since we don't have the buzz meter. Six teams selected. By the way, that 303 is still on hold. Are you just listening, or did you have anything to say? 303, are you there? No, he's just listening. He he wanted to listen to the show, just did not want to talk. But look, six team, Demarius Thomas, Alfred Morris, No Sean Moreno, RG3, Pierre Garçon, Tammy, Redskins, Morgan, Forbath, Santana Moss, Stokely, and Paulson. He just took two teams. He said, I'm sticking with it. Here are the two teams that have presented themselves to me. And I'm going for it. I'm taking the Broncos and the Redskins. If it's the Broncos and the Redskins in the Super Bowl and RG3 against Peyton Manning, what an incredible story. I've actually thought about this scenario, Team Six. I've thought about this scenario, and it looks like a it's one that the NFL would definitely welcome. RG3, wild card team, making it happen, big things happening. He's the one, the chosen one. <laughs> You know, of the three rookie quarterbacks, leads his team. Is there? There's not a bigger story as a player than RG3 coming into the league. Redskins, Broncos, Super Bowl, Team Six. No matter what league I look at this year, he can contend. RG3 would be his quarterback. Alfred Morris, no Sean Moreno at running back. Wide receivers: Demarius Thomas, Pierre Garcon. Josh Morgan, and then he's got his he's got his choice of Moss or Stokely, and he's got his choice of tight end in Tammy or Paulson. Eh, you're gonna put Tammy in there, right? And the Redskins D. 
and Kai Forbath. He's getting the extra game out of the Redskins, and that's why he's taking the Redskins D over the Broncos D, I'm sure. I'm looking at the draft here. Were the Broncos available? Yes, Broncos were available, and he took the Redskins defense in the seventh round. So he obviously thought that that was a, uh, a deal-breaker. Okay, great job, participants. Good luck in the FF Toolbox Fantasy Playoff Championship. Emil Cadillac, uh, you missed the record, my man, by one minute. 30-minute draft. These drafts do not take less than an hour. They take 30 minutes, gang. I appreciate your support. Uh, we all do here at FF Toolbox and the Fantasy Football World Championship. We appreciate the, uh, the the comments on our in our message board about how we can improve our contest, what things we can do, what kind of offerings you guys like to see. We, uh, we've uh, designed this contest around one premise, the draft. It's all about the draft. 30-minute drafts. Who can't get 30 minutes? We've got a couple of other uh, drafts going on, well, usually about the 8 o'clock Eastern hour, the 10 o'clock Eastern hour to accommodate the West Coasters. And then Saturday morning, we're Draft City, baby. Draft City on Saturday. Oh, drafts everywhere. We're gonna be, we're, there's going to be so many drafts on Saturday. That's all we're going to do, consume ourselves on Saturday morning all the way up until about lunchtime. We're going to take a break, have lunch. And then we're going to put our – everybody's going to have their lineups in. And then the games begin. Two games on Saturday. Two games on Sunday. And then we get to do it all over again next week. There's not a better time than Wild Card Weekend, in my opinion, the whole week of the year. And so I, it's really neat to have these drafts going on. Uh, again, congratulations to all of our winners. Roto Bowl, mid-stakes, main event. They'll all be back next year. They'll all be back next year in the playoff contest. It's been an absolute blast getting people signed up, getting them entered, answering the questions. We really feel like this contest offers a lot. Uh, it, it offers the weekly interaction that you haven't had before because usually you're setting your team. Now, NFFC, they have their little contest, and I like that. I like the uh, Fantasy Pro 911 thing where you actually have the multipliers and you're setting your lineup and you're picking new guys every week. Very complicated, though. I can't get my head around it. It's got, it's got to be a mathematician win that thing, right? I can't ever – I can't do the math to figure out times two, times three, times four. I just can't do it. I know about the draft. I know I can kind of tell you how many games somebody's going to play, and I can tell you who I should take. That seems simple to me. The pick em contest, you pick it, and you kind of sit back and forget it. And then the bottom line is once you pick your team, you're done. You sit back, and if Wild Card Weekend is over, you don't really have anything else to play for. So I, I, I just uh, don't, have a, uh, I don't have a lot of control. Now I'm going to play it. I'm still going to play. I always, I'll, I'll, I'm still addicted to that thing. It's a great contest. And I'm still going to play in the pickums, But I like this draft concept. Yep, there you hear it. 90 seconds left in the program. We're going to do it again Friday night. Special two-hour episode of Red vs. Blue. Click the little favorite button or the like button there on Blog Talk Radio. Make sure you can follow the show. And we will be back Friday night for another podcast pick-by-pick -pick commentary draft. Mike will be here. We, we also might have a special guest stop in. It was all me this morning. So thanks for being a part of this. We look forward to it. We have about 50 teams to sell out, gang. We'd appreciate you guys could come on, get into the contest, jump in. 200 bucks. One in six wins 600. You got a great shot. If you buy the three-pack, look, you win one one league out of your three. You've got your money back plus 25 bucks in your pocket, and you got a shot at the 10 grand and the grand prizes, uh, over $40,000 in prizes that are awarded there. So, hey, it's a good shot. I plugged it enough. I feel like a I feel like a billboard. I'm gonna go take a shower, get cleaned up, and uh, we'll see you guys Friday night. Thanks a lot. We'll see you later. 
You've been listening to Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. With your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Please join us next time.